Welcome to iFollow. Welcome everybody to episode 77 of iFollow. Um, I am joined by none other than the illustrious Jeff Budzinski. How's it going? Lovely salute to the audience. Thanks. Uh, it's going well, Matt. Uh, it's a lovely Thursday evening. Uh, we yeah. just can't decide on a day of the week to do this, but we, can. we um, luckily do decide to pick a day of the week to do it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as we get one at least day of the week in, um, it's fine, I think. There's some, there's some give there being an adult is hard sometimes but that being said um hopefully uh fingers crossed that there may be some plans in the mix to get us back to a more regular schedule yeah i know we've been debating going back to sundays which i thought was a nice little groove there so Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll see um more word on that to come but first things first we have to get to a show um (laughs) There's not really all that much that happened on the surface this week. Like, not nearly as much compared to the last time we had an episode. Um, I would consider that very much an exciting show. Um, But um, just to kind of roll straight into it, um, we there's no real way to segue into this topic. It's pretty pretty blunt. Um, But, yeah, so Tumblr is going to be banning all adult content starting on december 17th yes people that's right tumblr is shutting down on december 17th all services are to be discontinued um its user base will drop to zero no i'm just kidding it's probably not gonna die but it's definitely not a good thing (laughs) for for them right right yeah um yeah i mean when i saw this article in all honesty i was like uh tumblr is still a thing like uh I, I kind of knew of Tumblr and people who used it, but never really dove in on it. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess from what people are saying, what you've said, uh, it sounds like this is where a lot of their content lies, is in mm-hmm. adult content. Um, so I guess if this is being taken off their sites and people can no longer use it, as a platform to distribute or discuss share that content yep um what else is unique about it um i mean it's the one thing that i thought like they're kind of in a weird spot with a recent issue that they had um it's like kind of arguably their only move for the moment i guess until they can come up with a better solution for this but the best description that i've seen of this is that meme of the guy riding the bicycle and then he shoves a stick into the front wheel of his own bike <laughs> falls over because <laughs> like that's like basically what's going to happen as a result of this yeah um we're just gonna be derailed for what it is but um the apparently this was um a result of through um it was caught by so the original the original issue was caught by the app store on ios um evidently there was a large uh, issue with child pornography in the application Uh. Um, so like in in a way like this is them 
temporarily like putting a stop to not safe for work posts until they can maybe do something about it like i wouldn't be surprised if we see them walk back on this in like a year um saying like hey we're gonna let this come back but we're gonna have better moderation here or we're gonna do something because um once you have that kind of ecosystem where you're okay with pornographic and uh, adult content like it the it, it becomes difficult to filter out like truly like illegal stuff versus just some porn on the internet yeah that's i, w- I would guess that's why they're doing a, a cross the board ban is because if you can't target just some things that are certainly there's no place for them on the internet or in the world and can't also save the things that are allowed and that you do permit um mm-hmm. You either have to basically take this option or see yourself disappear from the app store and maybe face some legal um, consequences as a result. So, yeah, so it makes sense. After the 17th of December, anything explicit will be flagged and deleted by algorithms. Uh, and for now, they're emailing the users who posted adult content. So, anybody who has stuff that's currently up. Um, and posts that have that content will be set to private, which means that they will not be able to be shared or reblogged elsewhere in the community. So um, it looks like a kind of stopgap to both um, hide existing stuff as well as um, prevent new things from appearing on the site. Yeah, there's a lot of specifics here about what they are and are not going to allow. Um, mm-hmm. I won't get into specifics, but it does seem like they are... Um, not only taking, you know, the iOS store finding uh, the yeah. bad content seriously, but also um, respecting things like, for example, like classical statues or political protests, etc. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, to me, it seems a bit of a broad stroke type thing, um, because websites that are explicitly pornographic have not, as far as I'm aware, don't have these problems. So it seems like it just might be something that is like just kind of a broad stroke until, like I was saying, until they fix it. But um, the new guidelines, um, so there there are exceptions to this, just as a heads up. Um, the exceptions include nude classical statues and political protests that feature nudity. Um, but they exclude, um, they exclude text as well. So like erotic novels or whatever is still permitted uh illustrations and art that feature nudity are still okay as long as sex acts aren't depicted as well as breastfeeding and afterbirth photos um but a lot of people are worried that um this algorithm that tumblr is implementing that they don't talk about could be taking down false flags left and right without any kind of moderation on their end like there's no promise from tomboy that they're going to truly enforce this outside of this quote algorithm that they're going to pull out of nowhere so like i mean i'm all for using tech to solve these kinds of problems and building a smarter system to because no one person is going to be able to moderate all of tumblr or even a team it's not possible yeah like that's that's a joke but um, that being said, the algorithm that does needs to be good. And Google has the same problem, not with porn, but with um, just other issues with um, the ability of filtering content, whether it's correct or incorrect to do so at the right moment. Like a lot of websites have this issue. And I think until that problem is solved, I think we're going to see this kind of stuff happen all the time. Yeah. But 
But yeah, uh, enough about porn. I think we should move into some some stuff about Google. Much more interesting stuff. <laughs> um, so, well, de- depending on who you are, I guess. But um, privacy-focused DuckDuckGo. Um, and for those listeners who are not familiar with what DuckDuckGo is, um, that is a uh, search engine similar to Google, um, but it does not track any information about any of the requests that comes through, you purely get just straight unadulterated um, like search results given what you're looking for. A lot of iOS users might recognize this because you can actually set DuckDuckGo as a default search engine, um, which is kind of nice. I have that set for mine. Um, but uh, as if, as they had a little, a little experiment that they ran and they found out that Google search was personalizing search results even for logged out and incognito users. Um, This kind of doesn't really come as a surprise to me. I don't know about you, Jeff, but um, it's just like kind of weird that they didn't ever once really talk about that it still tracks everything about you, even if you're an incognito. So So I'm guessing if if you're in incognito mode, all of the time i would think that this wouldn't be the case but it would be less so i think the fact that you're this this test is being carried out and you can get into specifics after i kind of go on this little rant here but um it's it's being carried out from a personal machine so my guess and i could be wrong but it would be that previous searches that were not you know incognito or anonymized or what have you um, while you are logged into account are tied to that machine and Google as a result, you know, whether it be that it knows your Mac address or, um, it just has cookies or something like that, where it's able to tie in that regard. That'd be my guess here. Otherwise, I don't really have a good explanation as to how this is happening or why it's happening. Yeah, so I would imagine, like you're saying, it uses something similar to location, IP address, uh, MAC address on the device that you're using, etc. Um, but to me, incognito on Google, some people have taken incognito to truly mean incognito, and it's kind of a weird name for the service. Yeah. Um, but the way I've always understood incognito mode is essentially that it just l- logs you out of all of your services by default like you're not all of your browser sessions are no longer kept alive so you're logged out of everything um you're logged out of google you're logged out of every any, facebook whatever site um and it doesn't use cookies to track you uh, i could be wrong about the second one i've never really delved into what incognito mode truly means um but the results of this experiment are very interesting to say the least uh it was only 87 people um right but yeah so this was conducted back in june during the midterms um so they wanted to use the study to test the influence of google's quote filter bubble and i think we've hinted at that in previous episodes talking about how it personalizes content in one way or another yeah we have um but so when you're logged into your Google account, it's easy to understand how they gather information about you, like you said, through cookies, through your what you're logged into, through previous search results, because they can link that all under one account. Um, 
but it's less clear and some would say a little worrying uh, as to how it's still a little bit biased even if you're not signed in so um, so they followed a couple of steps. So they asked participants in the study to conduct identical searches at the same time. So this is very much in the light of, um, I talked about this, I think, in the last episode, saying like having a conservative and a liberal and a moderate all Google search the phrase Egypt and seeing the wide variety of different answers that people got depending on their political affiliation. Um, just because your political affiliation largely defines your posting history and what you're searching for and what you're looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just a, a natural thing. Um, so when they did this, uh, most participants saw results that were unique to them. And these discrepancies could not be explained by changes in location time by being logged into Google or by Google testing algorithm changes to a small set of users. Um, On the first page, they included links for some participants that it did not include for others. Uh, Results within news and video info boxes varied substantially. Even though people searched at the same time, people were shown different sources. Uh, Private browsing mode and being logged out of Google offered very little filter bubble protection. Um, So it's basically just saying that they just don't provide any anonymity as if people had thought they would. Um, in fact, it's just actually just straight up not possible to use Google without them getting any kind of information to personalize results for whoever is on that browser. I just I feel like it really has to do with that slate that you start out with, what mm-hmm. what your past uh, I guess tells Google about you. Um, I actually went here just to look at Google's uh, personal explanation of how private browsing works. Mm-hmm. So they put that when you browse privately, other people who use the same device won't see your activity. Chrome does not save your browsing history or information entered into forms. Cookies and site data are remembered while you're browsing, but they're deleted once you exit incognito mode um, in ways that your activity may still be visible. Um, so it stops Chrome from saving your browsing activity, but uh, your activity might still be visible to websites you visit, including the ads and resources used on those sites, your employer school, or whoever runs the network that you're using, your and your internet service provider. Um, and when you sign into an account to use web service like Gmail, your browsing activity might be saved on sites that recognize that account. Um, mm. Downloads and bookmarks are saved. Chrome won't remember what files you download or what bookmarks you make during incognito mode, but they may be saved to locally on your device. Um, so basically what that tells you is that um, assuming you don't log into services and you're not worried about browsing on like a school network or something like that, you're on your home network. Um, if, if you're not logging into accounts, then basically what you're doing during an incognito session is temporary like when you close that session it's as if it never happened however Mm -hmm. when you go into that session i do think your prior activity is accounted for and um you know whether that be cookies and the sites you visit can see those cookies or um you know whatever else you want to take from that yeah so um i pulled up the um summary of findings uh just like some of the people it, they like Googled gun control. Um, right. 
results that were unique to them, private browsing mode, logged out, um, immigration, vaccines. Um, it's just a very, I'm like quickly skimming through it. And um, well, I don't want to like spend too much time on this and go into all the details. There's the full link to both this article on beta news, as well as the link to the DuckDuckGo uh post as well hosted on their website which contains the full results and details of this experiment um so anybody who's interested can feel free to go check that out but it's very comprehensive in what they found and how they break out the data and it's very helpful to see that in that way but um it's it's definitely it's like it's both alarming and something i just completely saw coming so like i don't know if I'm surprised that Google is tracking everything you're doing, even if it's incognito. I feel like as a company whose best interest is to sell you ads, I think that they'd be stupid not to do that. Yeah. Um, be like, hey, advertisers and potential investors, here's a button in our web browser that turns off all ability for you to make money accurately. Hmm. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound... Like, like when you when you think about it cynically like that, unfortunately, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, um, uh, it it's worrying me... to anybody who thinks that incognito mode means you're truly anonymous. Yeah, I, I agreed definitely on that. Um, it also makes me wonder um, what role service providers and mobile carriers play in this too, um, right. because I think whether or not you put a incognito mode on in a browser your service provider and or carrier definitely knows who you are and what device you're using so um, whether or not that information is um you know given out to anybody or namely google i feel mm. like if it were given out to anyone it'd probably be google <laughs> but um, especially like with how much incentive they have to make money off of that yeah it's like, like they'd be stupid not to yeah and what are we going to do about it I mean, the only thing, like, to, to answer that question seriously, the only thing that you really can do in this way is by electing to use an anonymous search engine. Um, that being said, you may find it's a little bit more back to the old days kind of quotes when it comes to Google. Like, I don't know, uh, you probably remember this as um, way back when, like 10, 15 years ago, when you would do a Google search, it was far less accurate but you got like a crap load of results um, almost to the point where it was kind of hard to find what you were looking for, yeah. even though it's a little less um, biased towards your previous searches. Um, I do recommend using DuckDuckGo. I use it for mobile. Um, but if you want to remain anonymous, I would say either go with um, maybe Firefox, which is more of an open source browser or go with DuckDuckGo for um, a search engine within Chrome. But that being said, you're using another Google product, which is Chrome. So who knows what that has the scope to view. Yeah. And if you're signed into your iCloud account or your Google account on your mobile device, there's another way. But mm -hmm. anybody um, who thinks they're truly private on the internet is delusional. It's like kind of like, kind of like, to say. like feel, you can take measures, but it's very, very hard. I feel like to for, be truly private. for me, it was like five or six years ago. It really started to sink in that like this was the case and that there was no such thing as being anonymous on the web. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, these companies know basically everything about your entire life since you started using the internet. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't care anymore. As yeah, long as that's why I do this podcast. Yeah. I mean, because I might as well just broadcast everything I say anyway. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah um, but I, I, I would much rather have access to like Google's apps and like it knowing my history when I wanted to and being able to, you know, link directly to my email when I want to share something and, that's mm-hmm. all totally worth it to me. But. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no benefits to it. Yeah, that was yeah. one of my biggest arguments for owning a Pixel phone, like being so deeply integrated into Google's ecosystem. I found that my like, it was very easy. It was like having a smartphone on easy mode. Like yeah. all of my search results and stuff were tailored for me. It like knew what I wanted before I wanted it almost, which allowed me to get very comfortable in an android ecosystem yeah so i mean it doesn't go without benefits and google is one of the company the few companies that collects so much data but also offers some of that processing power on your data back to you as a consumer yeah at least in some form yeah so it's not all doom and gloom yeah except for google hello which is doomed and gloomed you know what it is doom and gloom for (laughs) (laughs) microsoft edge (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, depends how you look at it. As they're is certainly, me. yeah. Well, I think that they're cutting their losses in mm-hmm. a way that they should. But yeah, they're um, kind of biting the bullet and saying that Chrome had the better platform. Oh my goodness! Who would have so, thought? Right? Have I know. You, have I ever shown I... you my favorite meme that's actually hanging at my desk at my Maybe place not. of employment? I don't know. It's uh, it's actually like a three-frame thing, and it's from Rick and Morty, where Rick like makes, I don't know if you watch, I guess, I think you do. I do. Rick makes like a little robot, and the robot like comes in his conscious and is like, oh, thank you for making me alive or whatever. Like, what is my purpose? And he's like, you passed the butter. <laughs> and then oh, he yeah. looks down. Because, <laughs> like, I forget what he says, but... It's a, it, oh my God. it's the same thing, but it has Internet Explorer over the robot's face, and it says you install Chrome, and then he just goes, "Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing!" Yeah, I love that. Anyway, getting uh, back to this, Microsoft. If you want to send that to me? I'll tweet that out. Yeah, happily, Microsoft yeah. is rebuilding its Edge browser on Chrome and bringing it to the Mac. That is yes. the actual headline from this Verge article we are referencing, just to <laughs> stay you. a little bit on topic. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. No, I'm okay with staying on topic. <laughs> um, so it means like this. I think there's more good than there is making fun of Microsoft in this. Um, like we can say what we want about how they're kind of admitting defeat with their old platform and moving it, but like people actually using Edge, um, those five people aren't really going to notice any major difference in their day-to-day um it's basically just saying that um edge is going to be changing to chromium which is the same open source web rendering engine that powers the chrome browser so this means that they're going to start being powered by blink and v8 javascript engines for those developers out there who are interested Um, and it's also a a move that means that microsoft is going to be joining the open source community with edge which means there's going to be a much wider opportunity to collaborate and build extensions and build off of this product and hopefully make it more popular. Cough, GitHub, um, cough, GitHub. Yeah. Just so, saying. Um, um, they say, like, ultimately, we want to make the web experience better for different audiences. Um, 
they're going to start seeing improved compatibility with websites, um, getting a much better battery life off of this because there have been problems with Edge in being a very heavy browser, especially in its early days, um, and better hardware integration across Windows devices because it's much more lightweight and um, open source. So it's much easier to hook into third-party services, as I was saying earlier. Um, so... Like people who use this, people who aren't developed, like this is gonna, the biggest change here is going to happen for developers. Um, everybody else is going to see this come through as a software update for Edge, and nothing's going to be different. Except for so, possibly new users. Possibly. Maybe. If they're yeah. used to Chrome and they get this new computer and they're like, Edge, somehow I've never heard of this, and it works like Chrome, and it's asking me if I want to add these extensions or log into my Google account. Like, if it's mm -hmm. Edge and you can log into your Google account and it pulls all your extensions and all that stuff and basically yeah. acts the same way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I, neither of us can dispute Chrome's market dominance. Yeah, and in, I'm also like a Chrome user. I love it. But So am I. Yeah. yeah, it's what I use all the time. I have a Chrome browser open right now. <laughs> I have um, a couple. <laughs> you have a couple? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have like a bunch of tabs open within that one. So I might as well have more, but um, so apparently Microsoft has been considering this move for at least a year now. Uh, a lot of the push has been from consumers and businesses who wanted the company to improve web compatibility. So probably from the developer co communities more than the consumer communities. Um, Edge has been improving. Um, like I said, they used to be a battery hog. It used to turn your laptop into a heater, but um, it's not as bad anymore, um, but it's just going to get a lot better in terms of just everyday use. Like web pages are going to be snappier. Um, you're going to find less like weird quirks and hiccups on web pages that are supporting the latest web standards. Um, it's going to be as snappy as Chrome. Uh, it's going to line it up perfectly with that in the back end. So it's just going to be visually different, essentially. Do you think um, it it's going to be kind of like a memory hog like Chrome can tend to be. Yeah. I don't know if the, Microsoft may be able to do better work with that since they have direct access to the OS. That's what so I would think. I'm assuming that they're going to leverage that to compete with uh, Chrome because there has been a push to um, for people moving from like Mac to Windows in terms of getting newer computers, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. people are going to start People have been moved. I've been hearing of more people going to Windows than Windows going to Mac. So the Windows community is definitely not shrinking by any means. So <laughs> and, this is going to yeah. be good. And if it's snappy enough and it's like connect and it's directly hardlined into the OS and much better at memory managing, like I may consider moving away from Chrome. If it's significant on, enough, yeah. Yeah. Like if it's like I'm, I'm not one to stick with a product and stay until the ship sinks. I'm one to move on if I find something good on the other side that like keeps me interested in it. And if Edge has all of the same extensions, makes it easy for me to move over from Chrome and also runs as good, if not better, I would I would hope and assume that with all the money Microsoft can throw at this, that it ends up better than Chrome because it is literally built for the computer it's running on. So I would hope. Um, maybe we'll see this start to become more of like a Safari thing where it's not viewed as a 
as a as a lesser browser but more as like an alternative you know yeah which would be cool um i think that's what their goal is to kind of go for to kind of go for a safari type approach yeah i think so had you had you mentioned uh the rendering solution this provides for mac users i have not okay so basically they don't have to dual boot windows to test their um websites on edge browser anymore now because it's available yeah to Macs. so they can run this natively on their mac device and go ahead and make sure it works in edge because it'll be chromium based and the same in both uh machine types so that's amazing yeah. that, that's another reason why open source is good yes because it's again. very easy to port between again. platforms again um, yeah and um also another one that is helpful is that microsoft is also using this expandability of edge to bring its browser across all versions of windows <laughs> So Microsoft is going to be bringing Edge to Windows 7 and 8, which is decoupling it from its exclusivity to 10 up until now. Hmm. So it'll become a downloadable executable across all supported versions of Windows and mean that Microsoft will be able to update it far more frequently than before. Um, it's not clear if it's going to be a monthly like its regular OS updates, but it's certainly not going to be um, tied to every major Windows 10 update like Fair. it is currently. So. Very interesting because if I'm not mistaken, Windows Seven is. I don't think they support it, or it's not like it's not going to be supported again pretty soon. I think it's um, getting close to its end of life. Yeah, so I mean, I know that not being able to, um, like, the lack of support for Internet Explorer has been an issue for like corporations mm-hmm. and enterprises, what have you, because they need it for some kind of service they run and then because it's on the machine they're susceptible to um you know vulnerabilities that exist in that unpatched browser i think yeah i think this is more to address the business need because a lot of businesses run in a mixed environment between like they're kind of either in the process of upgrading or partially complete the upgrading process where they have some people who are running windows 10 and some people who are running windows 7 right and like haven't made that shift yet um and then also i'm sure that there's businesses that have a ton of legacy software that runs um on windows 7 and being able to have this web browser brought back into as many businesses as possible um makes it more of a viable product for them yeah for sure very cool stuff I wouldn't be surprised if within IE in 7 and 8, if you start seeing ads to download Edge. I wouldn't be surprised. Like little pop-ups in search engines and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it might come up as uh, a Windows update. It might, uh, yeah, it could come up as a pop-up when you open a browser. Who knows? Yep. So I think um, one thing that's nice about this is that you have two powerhouse companies and we didn't really get into this all that much. Um, Both of these powerhouse companies are shifting to the same rendering engine and core platform for both of their search engines. So ultimately Chromium is going to become substantially better because now it's going to go from something that powers Chrome to something that powers Chrome and an OS that's installed by default on every computer. So that's like a powerful mix oh, yeah. and it's going to give Chromium 
as a platform an extremely powerful edge over you know, <laughs> to make a pun every um, potential um, OS platform competitor and basically just f- continue to root Chromium as a like as the de facto platform for every browser. Yeah, I was wondering what the trade-offs were here, like behind the scenes, who gets what, and how much does it cost to for this kind of whole deal to work itself out. Um, but when you put it th- that way, it is uh, very interesting. I mean, yeah. in, one, in one regard, Google has basically beat Microsoft officially in the yeah. web browser. Not that we didn't know that, but. Um, yeah, that's a good point about how, like you know Chromium coming to all those devices, even though it was probably already there because Chrome was probably already there. But <laughs> yeah, one of the things that's nice about it is that Microsoft has actually committed to this already. So they're saying that they're going to be contributing web platform enhancements that will improve both Edge and Chrome uh, on Windows. So they're going to implement improvements to Chromium, such as touch performance, accessibility features, and support for ARM-based versions of Windows, which is like fantastic yeah. that they're actually going to be contributing to the open source platform and not to their end, their wing of the open source building that they just bought, essentially. <laughs> so like they're going to, it's going to help Chrome and Edge. So. I wonder if uh, not again, not that I can imagine who would do this besides a developer, but if now Edge could go to Chromium-based operating systems, could it's now open? It can go anywhere now. I'd imagine it's so. going to be showing yeah. up on Linux machines in a couple of years. Oh man, so many people just cringed when they heard that. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because I think you can get Chrome on Linux, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you if... certainly can get Chrome on Linux, and I mean that portability makes sense. I just it's something I wouldn't even think of because I can't think of a Linux user who would be like, yeah, let me get some of that edge. <laughs> Bring it on over. Yeah. But anyway. So, I don't know. Maybe the, I, I can't see reasons why this is bad for Microsoft um, aside from just the memes. But that being said, I'm looking forward to hopefully having a very competitive browser ecosystem that benefits everybody. Yeah. So, Or even just a cooperative browser ecosystem. Which will be the first time anybody can ever say that statement. <laughs> so, and maybe this will push more browsers to move over to Chromium-based solutions. I would so. definitely think so. But yeah, I would uh, hope so. Um, speaking yeah, of least... solutions, <laughs> solutions. Electric are... vehicles were once thought to be a solution, but now the White House <laughs> is seeking to end subsidies for electric cars and renewables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still a solution, but um, they are a solution. But the tax credit that you get with that solution will no longer be a thing. Um, so, when asked about plans after General Motors has announced layoffs, they pointed to the tax credit for consumers who buy plug-in electric vehicles, um, and it, they say, as a matter of our policy, we want to end all of those subsidies. And by the way, other subsidies that were imposed during the Obama administration, we are ending, whether it's for renewables and so forth. So it's all going to end. Um, they don't know whether it will end in 2020 or 2021. Um, but that is very annoying because I do not see a reason why that needs to happen. I think this is ridiculous. Um, so GM is like, oh, 
plants are closing, we're laying people off. Oh, why'd this happen? Because of the 2500 to 7500 tax credit for consumers who do electrical vehicles, Dumb. even though we're making them too. Yeah, it can't be any of the money we've been taking home at, like for executives to pass 50 years or anything like that <laughs> no or the no, fact no, that we've no. done like no research into how our actually make our cars better because yeah. we can just keep making them and selling them and we'll be fine or bought out or uh you know what's the term when yeah. we got money from taxpayers to stay in business um anyway <laughs> so yeah and um so tax credits are capped by Congress at 200,000 vehicles per manufacturer, after which the subsidy phases out. Um, General Motors says that it expects to hit that threshold by the end of 2018, which means that under the current law, its scheme would end in 2020. Tesla has already hit that July. Other automakers may not hit that cap for several more years. So some of the bigger names are out of the cap for the tax credit. That being said, I think there's still ways to get some depending on the state you live in. Um, but the one thing that is nice is that um, White, the White House itself cannot change this unilaterally. So um, Donald Trump had threatened to eliminate subsidies for GM in retaliation, um, but they it, it wouldn't affect just GM. So I would imagine that this is all going to depend on how 2020 plays out the election um and it's going to depend on um these subsidies and these car companies hitting the cap and if they actually decide to walk this back so hmm. um this is one of those segments i wish we had urban for and i definitely want to follow up with him on this yeah me too yeah just because it's a uh, something that's very near and dear to his heart um being an ev owner but so they people have been lobbying for months to lift the cap on electric vehicles to keep this subsidy going um, just because an incentive to get people to buy electric vehicles is ultimately good for both the environment and for um, keeping them competitive. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I don't see a problem with this. Um, evidently, the White House does. Um, and to avoid getting political, it seems purely because it's just got Obama's name slapped on it. I think it's that um, and that it also has loss of American jobs written on it, even though it does. You know, that will happen elsewhere if you probably take away this tax credit, but yeah. Um, it's whatever. Yeah. I also um, uh, what? I just wanna throw in here I might have had a, a misspeak earlier when talking about GM and uh taxpayers. No. Giving them money. But anyway. That's fine. Okay. This that's okay though, because this is only round one it's of true. old people don't understand the internet yeah the newest segment of ifro and by segment i mean we just have a lot of articles that have politicians not understanding things if that, that are good if that statement was offensive to you i am sorry and also excited you are listening to our show yeah. um but with that <laughs> being said uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce this topic, Matt, I would love to discuss it with you. Yes. Um, are we talking about the one where Rudy Giuliani has accused Twitter of hyperlinking text? <laughs> he accused him of bias for hyperlinking America's tests. favorite nematode, Rudy Giuliani. Um, so, okay, but to be honest, to be serious, one of President Trump's lawyers 
Um, he tweeted an attack on Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation, accusing the special counsel of his timing. Um, in that tweet, he made a small typographical error, citing for uh, for G20 in July, but he spelled it G20.in, um, which ultimately a dot, dot, dot .in is a validated subdomain, so that turned that sentence into a URL. Um, it just so happened that that URL was not currently registered, and somebody bought it. <laughs> so this. <laughs> so now, if someone were to click on that link accidentally when scrolling through Giuliani's tweets, they would be presented with a website that says Donald J. Trump is a traitor to our country, and that's all it says. <laughs> Oh so, my goodness! So to, to kind of yeah, I just, I just want to clarify on like how this exactly happened, just to be clear. So Giuliani is one of those people in Washington, you know, those politicians, and they they want to get the word out. So he was uh, tweeting at uh, about six thirty p.m. on November thirtieth, and decided to leave out spaces between his sentences, his first and second sentence. So his first sentence, and I quote, is Mueller filed an indictment just as the president left for GTAC 20, period. In July, he indicted the Russians who will not blah, 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 blah. So in between GTAC 20 and in, he put no spaces, which then also, made it. Also, kudos for saying TAC, by the way. Thanks. Um, that's, that's a hyphen for anyone who's unaware. And um, like Matt said, that gets turned into a URL because if I'm not mistaken dot in uh, I'm trying to so remember I, what I have the website is. up okay um, I, I was just trying to remember this. I was just trying to remember the subdomain but oh. yeah g20.in it's I think it's Indonesia's subdomain I wasn't sure if um, it was that or India but yeah um, but anyway yeah so this guy <laughs> like I guess incredibly quickly bought this web space gtac20.in and put this message on his website that's all he put there and Giuliani doesn't know any better <laughs> so in the meantime it looks like he responded like five or six days later on Twitter in response to his own tweet about this um, <laughs> so his, his follow up his follow up tweet if I can Matt was, Twitter allowed someone to invade my text with the disgusting anti-president message. The same thing, period, no space, occurred later and it didn't happen. Don't tell me they are not committed card-carrying anti-Trumpers. Time Magazine also may fit that description. All caps. Now, fairness, is, please. <laughs> All this caps. Is coming, this is coming from the guy who is the... who has a cyber security company that is basically dedicated it, it's a cyber security website and the a man who runs a cyber security website consulting firm consulting firm yeah sorry cannot identify the fact that somebody purchased a cannot identify first off the fact that like no one told him that this is not twitter's fault because it's not and nobody told him that .in is a subdomain, but .either 
is not a subdomain. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's mad that .in is a subdomain that's valid, or that he's mad that .either is not a valid subdomain. I think it's a little bit of both because he's saying <laughs> that he's like the same. He's like, I was uh, making a joke, because he thinks he was hacked. So he thinks somebody hacked his Twitter account and and like added a edited first off edited his tweet which is something that twitter doesn't even let you do second off he, he claimed could, he could edit his that, own tweet but no yeah well you can't edit your tweets in twitter really at all nope why you do can't. you think he could nope not yet at least okay it's my mistake so uh i, I know this because i've typoed to people <laughs> who i wanted to talk to and i felt really embarrassed because of it yeah. because you can't do tweets but uh -oh. um but yeah, so he's like, first off, his Twitter account was allegedly hacked. Second off, they were able to edit a tweet, which is not possible. Third off, um, he doesn't know that .in is a subdomain and .either is not a subdomain and how the automatic generation of web URLs works. It's not a hard concept to get. If you type .com, you're going to get a website to whatever you put before that. It's going to hyperlink it. <laughs> Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> and then he's like, I was hacked. And uh, I don't get it. It's, dude, it's just like, what? Like, why don't these people talk to people before they tweet this stuff instead of embarrassing themselves online? Because, because there's nobody to filter anyone's Twitter account. Yeah. Well, I like I how that's... we also just randomly lumped Time Magazine in there. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just... In classic obviously. fashion, yeah. It's and obviously then, Time Magazine who did this. Not only that, but then all caps at the end. Time, it's just... if you're listening, this is very disrespectful, and I don't appreciate you hacking Rudy Giuliani's tweets. I'm not. I, mean, into, I am. I am not convinced this is Rudy Giuliani tweeting though, with the all caps there at the end. Fairness, please. Yeah, you never know. But yeah. Um. Anyway, this Although, is just. Although that would a, make sense. Well, um, again, making a joke. I'm sorry, not a subdomain. It's a TLD, a top-level domain. Top-level domain. Yeah, my mistake. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I piggybacked off you anyway, so we both just sound terribly wrong. But... No, it's, it's totally fine. Um, Are we old? What? Are we old? No, we're not that old. Okay. Cause I if feel... you wanted to, though, if you wanted to find out what all of the um, top-level domains are, there's a hyperlink in this Verge article to the Internet Assigned Numbers Authorities IANA list of top-level domains. Mm -hmm. um, and the closest we get in the letter E, let's find it here. Hmm. Um, so you have .edu, .eg, and then it goes from eg to .email. So it skips over all of that. .eco dot etisalat that's interesting it must be a different language dot fail interesting um dot ferrari dot fedex dot fitness yeah so there's a bunch of different little TL tlds that yeah. you can add um, um sorry and, rudy dot either is not one of them yeah and to clarify too i guess we might as well we might as well explain what subdomains actually are uh even though we misspoke so like a a root domain would be like uh, google.com and then mm -hmm. a subdomain would be like accounts.google.com or like yeah. drive.google.com 
So like they're all based out of Google, but they're different subdomains of that root domain. So apologies for that. That's all good. Yeah. That's fine. I have a um I have a meme up on the Twitch stream for anybody <laughs> who's looking. It's it's the first reply to his Twitter account. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Old man yells at cloud. It's very fitting. Um also worth noting. That tweet is still up. He didn't delete it. He could have just deleted it instead of, you know, claiming that he was hacked. Um, but yeah, so that's a, a hilarious story. Um, Trump has also claimed that Google is rigging search results to show negative reporting about him by hiding information and news that and hiding information and news that is good. Um, he claimed this was a very serious situation. Um, and he's also promoted a conspiracy theory that Google was suppressing his State of the Union address by not featuring it on its homepage, which um, was wrong. They actually did have the State of the Union address on the homepage. Um, so, yeah. Um, Rudy Giuliani is a fun guy, and it's always good to hear um, some of the top minds in Internet security offer their opinions on um, top-level domains and everything they're in. Uh, Dude, you can't make this up. What a time to be alive! Like, I feel like I we're, say that. Like we're every, living in a simulation. Like I, I do. Don't, don't you feel like it's just like tipping you to that point of where you just like can't believe it anymore, but you're also just so numb to it. Yeah, like the tinfoil hats in my drawer right now. I haven't put it on yet. <laughs> it's too early for that. Mine's a helmet. Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, typos are not hacking. Um, Mr. Giuliani, you can always delete your tweet and repost it. That works too. Um, but yeah, so that one meant that one thing about Google though, it's very interesting because that does kind of lead us into our last topic. Um, so Sundar Pichai, this is going to be big, um, yeah. because this is the, uh, first time that we're having Google brought in about anything related to their search algorithms. Um, we've had Facebook come in to testify to the House Committee. We've had uh, companies like Microsoft in the past, back when we had the the old browser debacle. Um, not to not to link another similar topic to stuff we've already talked about. Um, but so Google is going to be represented by their CEO Sundar Pichai. Um, their hearing was postponed following the death of H.W. Bush uh, to December 11th. So this will be a, it was originally scheduled for the 5th on Wednesday, um, but it was postponed due to scheduling conflicts with the funeral events. Um, also, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday was a day off or was that today? Yesterday was a federal holiday. For yeah. Here. So it's kind of hard to have a, a hearing when Sundar Pichai is the only guy in the building. Um, <laughs> that would be the perfect <laughs> alibi for him to not show up to the no, it actual would. hearing. Um, but I'm actually interested in, in watching this just because I'm curious to see what this means really for him. Um, purely because um, this is another one of those examples of old men yelling at clouds. Um, so it was... It's basically, he's going to be, he's expected to face intense questioning from Republican lawmakers who are concerned with the Silicon Valley giants algorithms 
and how they may be biased to more conservative content. Um, basically, people saying that it's hiding their posts. So um, I I wish that this wasn't gonna take a like I don't know like a, a political kind of shape like that like i wish it wasn't going to be about conservative versus liberal and mm -hmm. that kind of thing that's I what wish... everything is today well i know but i, I, I know. yeah but i really wish that they these were actually going to be like general questions that don't aren't based off division i wish that they were, they were going to be prepared to ask him intelligent questions about how does google do this similar to our you know our what was it our second conversation our second topic mm -hmm. that we had tonight i wish that they were going to present questions akin to what we were discussing um yeah as opposed to being like why do you, why do you hate conservatives like <laughs> yeah well i like google it's this the same algorithm that personalizes search results also um like that second article that we talked about literally is the reason why this happens right. like they're not hiding news from anybody um also this goes all the way back to the core design of the google indexing engine that they have behind all of their searches i just um I don't know how familiar you are with Google's searching and indexing that it does, um, but I, I did some like research into it just to kind of get an idea of how Google actually indexes websites and returns results and decides what to give you. Um, there's plenty of actual like really good write-ups on how this is. I think even The Verge did one too. I don't think it's linked in here, um, but I'll see if I can find one of them. I used to know a good amount, but I think that their methods changed over time it's changed like search search index much. optimization like i was pretty familiar with that um yeah. with like since, the various tags on your pages and yeah um, like since then um it hasn't changed much aside from just adding the personalized um content and the weights that those carry for like like oh i should give this person a cnn article or i should give this guy probably a fox article or something like that hmm. like it's a, a way to add weights to the core system that's already there. So like the main takeaway from Google is that it sends spiders and links and searches out to a wide number of sites and it looks for the areas that are the most information dense. Um, it just so happens that very popular, very high traffic websites include websites like CNN um, the Verge include um, a lot of media sites, which include a lot of hot takes from people from Hollywood, um, NBC, ABC, um, stuff like that. Fox News has some weight. It doesn't have as much weight, um, but it, those are all like powerhouse media websites, if that makes sense. Um, so those have much more hits with the specific search terms that you're looking for as well as just bounce back links to Google. It's, it runs much deeper. There's much more content on those sites. Hmm. Um, but when you look at sites like Breitbart and smaller um, media like platforms, they have less traffic and less links. And the way Google has weighted its search results favors the ones with more because you're more likely to get your answer there. 
So it's more of like a literal sense. It's like, wow, CNN's reporting a lot of stuff about Donald Trump. Let's give you something there because chances are that's going to match what you're looking for. So, you know what I mean? I guess like I... That's a very like high level. I, no, I, under, I understand that part of it. I'm just talking... Um, now I'm thinking about why he's coming to Congress and why he needed to show up. Like what legal basis was there for him to need to show up? Um, and that's kind of what... I mean by this this you know <clears throat> bipartisan kind of stamp they're putting on it um like with facebook there's like a data breach and they talked about like what data is collected on users what options you have like what privacy is whether or not they delete data from their servers and we all care about that because it's our personal information that google is keeping for, i mean sorry facebook has their hands on and can do what they want with, you know, wanted us to enact change in Facebook. People were talking about stopping using it. Um, if this is just a red versus blue conversation, sort of, as opposed to a, what are you doing with our information? How are you like generating search results? That's where I'll have frustration because I think it should be more about similar things like the rights of the rights that we have and what kind of rights do we have with data and what does Google have the right to do with that data versus left versus right? You're not mm -hmm. showing enough conservative news. You're not showing enough liberal news. Um, yeah, no, I think that's valid. And I think that's what they should be asking. Um, I'm fairly sure they're going to get questions from both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And it'll be, uh, they'll, they'll probably have some insight from actual experts in this field. So the, there will be some kind of, uh, like take for asking questions that are structured, but I also feel like you are going to get some of these like, what are you doing hiding from the conservative news? Why can't you be fair? Stuff like that. Like, I, just, like the I, very... I hope it doesn't turn into like a... It could a, very easily. Like representatives taking shots at each other as opposed to actually doing the questioning they're supposed to be doing or anything yeah. like that. But yeah. anyway, I digress. No, I mean, it's it's entirely valid to have these kind of worries, and I think it's going to, I'm going to have to see it on December 11th. Uh, another thing that's also interesting um, is that these questions also include their Dragonfly search engine project, which we talked about last week, which was uh, Google censoring data for um, China. So right, right. they're going to be questioned about that too. So that's, so Google's got its work cut out for it next week. I yeah, I'm definitely going to be uh, paying attention to what happens there. I'm yep. sure we'll be talking about it quite a bit, both amongst ourselves and on air. So. Yep. And a note for our listeners, if anybody is interested in tuning into that, um, I'm not sure if it's going to be live streamed or if it's just going to be shown on um, news platforms. Uh, but it is going to be December 11th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So it's kind of early in the morning. So if you're at work and you have the ability to put it up on one screen and go about your day, then go for it because it's going to be very dry. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of these tent, like the Facebook one, I tried watching it and I almost fell asleep like 20 minutes in. Yeah. It's well, just like so boring. Well, I think that's how uh, Mark Zuckerberg probably intended for it to be. Yeah, probably. I am uh, 
I am going to be curious to see what kind of readings I get on my BS meter when I watch the videos afterwards. Yeah. Because they're set off pretty frequently during Zuckerberg's testimony. But yeah, a lot of it's just like them trying to be blowhards and look like they're really leaning in and like, it's like going for highlight real questions almost. Um, I don't, I don't know how much of that we're going to get, but we'll see. So I'm definitely interested in at least reading up about the hearing, seeing what kind of questions they asked. But excuse me, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have much else to talk about. If, um, you wanted to call it a night. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's about all I had to say. Yeah. It's a very kind of slow week in news. It certainly was, but um, we do. Hey, we're here every week, as yeah. every week as we can get. <laughs> we do thank you listeners who are tuning in. Um, even though we have these slow weeks in tech news, it's still... Um, stuff that's worthy of at least discussing and yeah. uh, putting out there. So it's always good to get on, have a nice conversation, and get in touch with you guys, and um, just like have, like I said, have a nice conversation. So um, if you are listening to the live stream, um, feel free to check us out on any, literally anywhere you can get podcasts. I saw recently Pandora rolled out a podcast app thing. I don't know if we're on that yet, but um, stay tuned on that one but anywhere else you can find us there um, you can catch up with us on social media I thoroughly recommend Twitter just because it's our most active one um, Facebook is good for post um, it's like posting times if you wanted to see when the episode is ready to go on to the minute um, that's usually pretty good uh, but you can find both of those at industry 40 all spelled out um, you can also catch up with us um, on Twitch if you are listening to us after the fact. Um, you can We stream once a week, uh, typically Sundays. We're probably moving back to that, but this week was a Thursday, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's really all I have to say. And also, I forgot actually, if you like what you hear and you wanted to leave a review, feel free to drop us a review at bit.ly slash i4o review so we love hearing all the feedback and if we're doing good or bad so um the more we hear from you guys the better um but yeah so with that being said this has been episode 77 and we'll see you guys in the next one 